I wasn't thinking about next year or even next week. Moving by myself, no clue how happy we'd be. Trying to get my time to you right. We got Alejandro in the building as well, and we got the homie Rich Jones. Uh, for those that don't know, Rich Jones is an MC, vocalist, organizer, and in front of the community, he is a uh, active member of the Chicago hip hop scene. Has been an active member of the Chicago hip hop scene for however long I've been active a part of the Chicago hip hop <laughs> scene. Uh, he was actually one of the first people I ever met at a Chicago hip hop show. I know you're from Northwest Side of Chicago. The first show I ever, well, one of the first few shows I ever been to when I when I actually turned 21 was at um it was at sub t and it was it was you it was um Derek mark vesey it was uh cody the camry it was uh nazim williams you're the first person i saw walking into the building <laughs> and you're the first person that greeted me there you're the f- legit the only the only person that greeted me like that whole night so wow. appreciate you for being Hell polite yeah. and i didn't even know who you were because I was, was just was that up was that upstairs or downstairs? It was downstairs. So that was that was uh, was that did Brent put that one together? Was I don't the, know if he did. I think it was if Cody played. It was packed. Yeah, it was totally packed. Right. Yeah. I was also probably about thirty pounds lighter and and looking looking clean, wonderful. You were clean shaven. I was I was a, you were clean a ba- I was a baby. <laughs> thirty pounds lighter. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. No, I remember that. That was a crazy night. And one of the songs you uh, were actually performing was this is uh, this is my year, and now this is finally the culmination of a lot of the work you've been putting in in this is definitely your year these last 12 months have been very um monumental for you is definitely giving you a lot of momentum going forward uh also a lot of good things have, hap- have been happening for you a lot of good cosigns from uh you know different uh different organizations different uh broadcasting companies as well which has been pretty yeah. dope and uh you've had your music played on on tv shows all that good stuff but uh, we're gonna get back to some some of the basics because this is the first time we've ever had you here. So for those that don't know, we got Rich Jones in the building. We're doing we're doing the fundamentals right now. We're doing the fundamentals just so that y'all know more about it. We gotta we gotta get back to basics. Uh, you're from Northwest Side. You're from Irving Park. Yeah, I'm from Old Irving Park, uh, just west of Irving and Pulaski. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. Grew up your entire life. Yeah. How um, was how was there how was it growing up yeah. in that community? It was great. Um, I mean, it's pretty quiet. You know, I played uh, park ball at Kilbourne Park. Okay. Um. So you know, and then you know, AYSO or whatever. We were over at Peterson off of Tui. So you know, we we you know, we it was it was nice. It was you know, wasn't 
Um, I wouldn't call it anything too dramatic, mm-hmm. really. It was just, uh, you know, honestly, as 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 peaceful and as existence as you could have living in the city. I think yeah. for sure. And then how was it um, that you first got your beginnings in music or in poetry or in singing as well? Because um, I don't think a lot of people touch that aspect of the interview. Yeah, I mean, so when it came to writing and, and making music, um, that started around the time, I mean, for serious, like I'm, I'm trying to record things like that started mm-hmm. when I was 17. Um, and then, I, you know, I've always had inclinations towards towards singing or having that maybe be something I was doing but was hesitant I think earlier on to like more fully give into it mm-hmm. um I'd say you know the the first project that really showcased that in a more I the the the, fir- the first project that had me making a song that was just outright a singing song mm-hmm. versus like having a hook that was sung or something um was uh when I was working with uh, Dave Koresh um, I showed him a song I'd written years before, you know, I was showing it to him and he was just like, why aren't you doing more of this? This is exactly what you should be doing. So um, that song was called Shadows. Um, and, you know, that that kind of pushed me more towards, you know, at least attempting to, to do more of that type of mm-hmm. songwriting, you know, versus, you know, just let's just bar out, you mm-hmm. know. So I think um, as it as it pertains to now, you know, I think it's just been a nice evolution of uh, of just kind of increasingly trying to just use my imagination and how I'm approaching the records I'm writing um, mm-hmm. both in terms of um, you know deciding whether I want something to have you know strictly overt like hip-hop elements mm. or if I want to add in all these other things that I'm hearing it just really depends you know both what I'm hearing in my head mm-hmm. and then also you know whatever feedback I'm getting from my engineer uh, Joel you know, we, we've got a really nice working relationship in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, him being, you know, part of the creative process. Like, I, I'm definitely looking for feedback if I'm making music. So, um, yeah, it's just it's been cool to honestly get to a point where I'm just kind of doing whatever I want mm-hmm. and uh, I'm feeling pretty okay about it, which is yeah. good. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I was just wondering, like, you know, when you first started going to some music, like, what music were you listening to? Because now, I mean, you do, like, pop, you do, like, rap. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of, you're like a what's it called? Like a Swiss Army knife of music. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's amazing. The rich Army knife. You just made my the rich Army. We about to start selling rich Merch Army knives. So that we about to not get anything through TSA. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why you're getting shipped all these knives? <laughs> Putting you on a list. Um, yeah. Um, I, I so I guess I'm sorry. What was the, what was the question? I mean, then? I guess basically like what like what music was your in, in, initial influence and what inspired you to make music? Yeah, um, so I grew up listening, to, I mean, for, I guess locally, um, a lot of the, the local Chicago artists, mm-hmm. you know, like Psalm One, Pugs Adams, Longshot, um, Verbal Kent, people that were on like Gravel Records or EV Records um, or uh, Mole Men, um, you know, Legendary. like Vakil Va- and, um, you know, um, you know all those people, so you know that that was definitely a big part of of grow and also Galapagos Four. Can't forget Galapagos Four, like Quell and all them. Um, you know that that was a big part of growing up was was you know being in search of you know how I could connect mm-hmm. with these communities and and support them. And you know also around that time too, you know you had more record stores, so you know there were places that were selling physical copies of the stuff, and it generally, I mean, to be honest, it was cheaper than. Mm-hmm. A lot of other stuff too, and I'd, I'd not to not to take away from the quality, but like to me, 
it felt good to know that I was able to, you know, support somebody while also getting it at a price that wasn't completely breaking breaking my my bank. Especially when you're, you know, a kid, you know, it's not like you're mm-hmm. walking around with a bankroll in your pocket. You know, there's also uh, Tony Sports too, Irving and and uh, Sheridan. Um, they used to sell mixtapes at the counter, so I'd, I'd you know getting off the train right there, and I'd, I'd go check out what the new mixtapes were, and you know that's that's where I was able to to kind of discover um, certain compilations too that kind of got me up to speed. Um, you know, when you're a kid, there's only there's only as much as you know is what you can expose yourself to mm-hmm. or what people are exposing you to. So, you know, there was definitely a, a learning curve and a learning process, kind of integrating and 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 kind of figuring out what what was what. But um, yeah, I'd say a lot of that stuff, and then. You know, my parents played me a lot of really, really awesome music when I was a kid. You know, a lot of music from like the 60s and 70s and 80s. Everything from like psychedelic rock to blues to Motown to new wave rock um, to you know even some ska, depending on uh, on the record. You know, so uh, you know it was it was a really awesome blend of influences mm-hmm. from a very early on point. I think um, given all those influences and given you know that I think the the hip hop part of it was obviously what I took for myself wasn't like my parents were championing this for me as like something I should listen to um I think um it it took you know it took me a while to figure out how to to put it all together especially because when I was a kid you know my mother would say to me um you know I feel like you're holding back I think there's more interesting things you could be doing like you know and and here I am you know I've, I've done everything in my power to to make a, a great record or whatever, and I'm being told that it wasn't good enough. I mean, it, it's it's a challenge. I mean, it's it's, it's part. You know, m- music is fun, but it's definitely a challenge, especially if you're trying to get past a certain threshold. So, you know, I, I think keeping what her advice was in mind, I think that's also why today, why I'm doing kind of whatever I want to do, because mm-hmm. it's it's just thinking about instead of me trying to impose my will necessarily on a record I'm more so being sensitive to what the record's telling me and honestly you know me also having to be more honest if something doesn't make sense for me um which you know that's I think that that can be tough for people because there's some beats that are just so fire and I'm just like that's not that wouldn't sound good on that <laughs> let's let, let's let's not let's not do this but but I mean that's also where if you think about it you know where you know I've I've definitely been at least dabbling a little bit with the idea of, of you know possibly songwriting for other people because you know just because I ain't the face of the franchise for a particular song doesn't mean that I can't be the engine of it um, you know because I'm, I'm capable at this point of writing to, to damn near anything um, so that you know that that's exciting that's you know that that's from a, that, that that creates for some real interesting unique possibilities. Find my groove rather 
how how was uh, your first, I guess, integration to the actual Chicago hip hop scene? Because I mean, you mentioned a lot of the the OGs of the scene, but when you first started to make your mark, how um, how was it? How was that experience? Because I know we we have this this hating stigma of the Chicago hip hop scene. Like if you're not a part of like the people that are you know making this movement now, you're not invited. So how was that? I mean, yeah, I I feel so for my experience. Um, you know, I I obviously had my my youthful loyalties to the labels that I was supporting. Um, you know, I I think I yeah I I just think the the era that we came up in and we're really trying to get things going was kind of like mid to late blog era. So it's a different set of guidelines mm-hmm. to to get on. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily as much in the streets or on the stage. You know, it's it's positioning, it's politicking, it's is placement. You know, and um, in that regard for media and stuff. And I mean, you know, that 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 was honestly a, a, a conversation that really, you know, blew me away. Was uh, there's a uh, this this guy, Mr. Echoes from uh, the Opus, mm-hmm. the production team, and um, I grew up listening to them. And he actually he works with my with my mother. And I remember we, the first time we met um, five years ago, you know, we were talking about, you know, promotional budgets and stuff. And here's a guy that I remember reading about in big magazines. And he's saying, oh, yeah, no, if you, if you want to make it crack, you got to have a PR budget. And so, you know, seeing the machinations of that and then take it back to where we were, you know, obviously we're not sitting there with, with dumb amounts of guap to drop on mm-hmm. a PR. So you're sending your own emails and you're pushing it that way. But in those spaces, you got certain websites that are championing you and are kind of at the very least for like your fan bases or whatever, making us look legitimate, you know, which we were legitimate. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was, it was fake. It was just a different type of legitimacy. You know, I think there was definitely, I think more of a show improve mentality, um, you know, before the internet age. And I, I think obviously you still have to have skills and you still have to show up, but I just think it's, it's very different now. Um, it's, it's not necessarily the deciding factor of who gets support and who doesn't get support. I think, um, you know, with, with our initial steps into it, I think it was it was really important and really necessary that that part of what allowed us to to go for as long as we did as a unit was you know that we had all smiles or as, when it was SEC and friends at Tonic Room the monthly that we ran because you know that was an opportunity for us to support people that we liked and you know hopefully vice versa you know they would also ask us for opportunities and you know you know most people did so it mm-hmm. um it allowed us a lane and a space to you know have our presence be felt mm-hmm. i think kind of just doing it on our own too you know versus being wholly dependent on a single promoter mm-hmm. or um any one group of people i know i know personally for myself you know i think i really enjoy having a a, a nice mix of of you know friends and different perspectives in my life and i, I know that that to me anyway is, has bled over mm-hmm. obviously into my my musical uh, yearnings and my affiliations. So, you know, I think having having our own thing to do where no one's necessarily dictating the look or feel, we just kind of get to support good people. I think that was that was really important. You know, especially when you talk about the Haterville element, that was that was definitely something. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I, I I said this the other day when I was on um, when I was on Airgo Radio this week. I feel like you know a lot of that mentality pre-internet. You know, it makes kind of some sense. It was dog eat dog because you know you're not necessarily seeing a ton of people coming here necessarily to grab people from Chicago like that. Um, so, you know, whatever opportunities there were, they were scarce. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, it would have been a smoother ride and people probably would have been healthier mm-hmm. if they'd have just worked together. That's obviously what should have happened. Um, you know, but 
there were people that were trying that there you know that that, that mm-hmm. can't be discounted i mean chicago rocks was like a huge thing at the metro you had all the labels coming together and, and bringing pretty much the whole community under on one roof i know they used to do it two nights it was at metro and abbey and then you know the, the last couple of years it was just one night at metro but regardless you know there was there was attempts to consolidate and to kind of you know account for you know the totality of of, of the music spectrum for for hip-hop mm-hmm. in, in chicago i know like the last year i feel like you know aside from from all the the, the underground cats that that i'd been supporting i think they also had crucial conflict and uh Flosher Damas which you know Flosher Damas you know that that you know that that was right when they were first coming up to like 10 years ago so um you know it was it was interesting to see you know the the early attempts for unity i know like long shot you know his his whole big thing was like the civil war mixtapes part 1 and part 2 and that that just the basic concept of having people from the same city mm-hmm. working together regardless of our our geographic differences mm-hmm. as a city you know i i don't that's not to me that hasn't really been a thing ever you know if mm-hmm. someone's dope will work you know it, it hasn't i've never experienced the oh you're from this part of town we won't work with you sort of thing necessarily so um yeah you know i i think it's uh it's, it's interesting to see where things are especially in relation to that because i think with you know internet playing such a big role in promotion with you know the media element playing a big role in terms mm-hmm. of people establishing themselves um you know i i think we're we're in a really interesting place because you know, as long as you can market it appropriately, people can kind of do whatever they want. You know, it, 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 there, there's an audience for everything at this point. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a little audience or a big audience? Well, it depends on what you're pitching, but you can definitely get at least a group of people mm-hmm. to marginally mess with what you're doing at minimum. And, uh, you know, using using some very simple mm-hmm. t- techniques on different platforms. Mm-hmm. For sure. You just mentioned All Smiles. You This is the it's already past his fifth year, right? Uh, yeah, there'll be six years in April. Six years in April. What's your booking philosophy behind uh, getting the talent for that show? I try to think about when you know artists that I've supported over the years. You know, have they, have I seen them booked for a show recently? Um, you know, because I, I like to you know, and but also are they trying to perform? That's the thing. Um, so I you know I try to support you know my friends that you know I've been looking we've been looking out for each other all these years. Um, you know, I'm I'm always looking for new talent, um, you know, and that comes from either going to other shows or, you know, paying attention to what I'm seeing online in terms of, you know, who's getting covered, um, you know, it, but honestly, also just talking to my friends that write about music. Hey, if, if you know of somebody you think is dope, feel free to hit me up. You know, I, I can't promise I'll book them, but I'm always willing to give it a shot. And I think mo- most importantly, too, you know, I, I one thing I have to remind myself is, so many artists don't come ready made so i you know I, I i remind myself of this if if i mean especially when i'm working with you know artists that are just getting started is you know i i i relish the opportunity to provide mm-hmm. them with kind of their first show or like kind of one of their first shows you know because that's a really cool experience and i mean providing a stage for that mm-hmm. you know it, it's there's just not as many spaces as we used to have for mm-hmm. that so the fact that we can kind of keep that going and provide that for you know the up and coming artists, I think is is really special. Um, so I'm you know I'm looking for that, and then most importantly, you know if if I can find a way to blend, you know, the different sounds that are in because Chicago's never had one sound. So if we yeah. can put again kind of mm-hmm. everything under one roof or in some capacity or have different types yeah. of of, of um, kind of in the hip hop R and B spectrum represented, nah, I'm a happy guy. Um, so yeah, and and, and uh, also you know, you know no no one bats a thousand on this, but. I, I generally try to look for people that are looking at it as, you know, they're they're you know this is kind of a moment we're all sharing together. I I don't I don't necessarily like it when, 
you know, people kind of like too cool it or prima donna, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that just comes with the territory, man. And also sometimes people don't know better, but um, I think really looking for people that are looking at this as something that's kind of, you know, special in its own way and that we should be supporting each other mm-hmm. while also allowing that you're getting your shine too, sure. you know. How was how instrumental was YCA or no a brother Mike in the progression of you as an artist or so, poet? So I never met brother Mike. Never met brother but Mike. I benefited from brother Mike one hundred percent. Um, I went to a open mic that was every other Tuesday uh, at this loft downtown, like Clinton and Lake. Lyricist loft. The lyricist loft, exactly, and. Uh, you know, I I started going there. It was eleven years ago. My friend took me, and that whole summer I went every chance I could, mm-hmm. if I was available. You know, and you know, having to beg my parents to let me go out because you know, oh, it's it's late. You know, yada yada. But um, but yeah. So uh, you know, I you know, I again, it was it was really sh- a, sh- a shame that I didn't ever get a chance to meet him. But I one hundred percent got to mm-hmm. benefit from a space that he obviously had 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 you know his effect on. Um, he at the time had given it over to my friend to run. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, for whatever his hiatus was, I, I did, unfortunately didn't get to meet him. But um, with YCA, you know, before that, that same person that was running that took me to YCA when it was over on uh, Western Avenue, like right off the blue line. And that was the first time I ever performed in front of people. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was, I was really bad, <laughs> um, but it was it was cool. You know, it it was you know you got to start somewhere, and um, you know I I think in more recent years um, it was it's I I haven't had the time to go back recently, which is really unfortunate. But um, you know, in in more recent years it's been fun to go and and sit in with Def C and add two for the rec shop workshops that they do on the weekend. I know three years ago they got and, one today at four. Yeah, they do have one today at four. I unfortunately cannot go. You're, you're really, you're really, you're really, you know, putting me, putting me out there, man. Um, I'm, I'm just saying, just in case listeners want to go. Yeah, no, if if you if you're trying to go, man, four o'clock. Uh, what's what's the address? Do you know? It's on Milwaukee. It's, yeah, it's Milwaukee like right division. Milwaukee. Right, right off the division blue line. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just search YCA in your Googles. <laughs> um, young, uh, young Chicago authors, young in, Chicago ca- in case nothing comes up for for YCA. But um, but yeah, no that. That honestly, you know, that that whole experience in some ways was almost more healthy for me to experience that as kind of someone who'd gotten his feet mm-hmm. wet performing and traveling and touring and, mm. and, and, you know, kind of having a better sense of my craft just because to be around kids who, you know, may not necessarily be the most polished but are, like, super hungry and just mm-hmm. really doing it for, like, the love of it and for the fun of it, I mean, that's infectious. And in a lot of ways, I think... Is, is a really healthy experience because I think it reminds, at least for me, it reminds me, you know, that this is fun and, and kind of allows me to kind of revert back to how I may have been at their age, which is which is great, you know, um, you know, just because I think as time goes on, it's it's not it's not that the goal isn't isn't still what you want. It's just, mm. you know, there are just other things that just pop up in your life and it, it is it it gets harder and harder to to invest in it. Mm-hmm. In the same way, or, or like with 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 the same all that a, a a younger person might, you know. I know that's I know like Rick Rubin was talking about how he's seen that with a lot of artists, but like his his example was Eminem and how his approach to the craft was like the same as like a teenager's. Which, I mean, say what you will about Eminem's, you know, uh, actual like the aesthetics of his songs, but he can write, he can mm-hmm. still write, which is you know you can see he's he's still trying to push it. I don't want to listen to it, but. Um, <laughs> 
you know, but that's awesome. Well, he, I mean, to be honest, lot, though, he, a lot he, of other people he, who want to listen to it. That's great. They yeah. can do that. But he really, 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 really lost me, really lost me when um, he has that one record like I don't know, love the way you lie or whatever all uh, the rihanna and, joints rihanna. that were super mainstream with the the one where he yodels he yodels on the record eminem yodeling it's like a thing man it, it i just i'm sitting here just like you gotta you gotta be joking i don't man. remember that this is on the, the rihanna i'm track. not even gonna try to yodel i have no interest in in, in replicating this yodel because it's so blood curdlingly <laughs> bad um but yes yeah, that that definitely was a moment i kind of <laughs> what wait there's a uh eminem yodeling for 15 minutes Really? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Alright. We had to test that theory because we didn't know if it was for oh, real. Man. Now, now, but yeah, it's yeah. for real. It's, yeah. it's really been a hot that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty terrible. That's I mean, but you know, again, here's the thing, you know, I I, 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 I feel I feel like by even me saying that I'm I'm potentially unleashing World War Three and I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up no, yeah. and, I, and my you know, Eminem's gonna let's well let's let's it, keep let's, let's keep that it's gonna be this this army of yeah. led by Vince Staples of Let's calm down yeah. on the Eminem being the ghost. Is Vince Staples like a big Eminem fan? No, 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 no. no. Uh, opposite. He was at his, uh, it was a week ago. He, he kind of gave him a very harsh uh, critic. It wasn't even harsh because because Vince is a very just like yeah. comical person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, and that's what he that's something he emphasized. Mm-hmm. Like just because Eminem is like in your eyes the goat, that doesn't mean he's still not going to take these jokes. So he's just like yeah. roasting him. He was roasting, well, specifically mostly Eminem fans. Like he was like. You know, oh, it was great that M- that Eminem like spoke out and like for this like good cause, but like it wasn't it wasn't hard. And so like obviously, white Twitter went crazy, uh, M- Stan Twitter went crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way like Trump's Twitter went crazy because like Trump Twitter. It's like it's weird because like Eminem has a lot of fans who are Trump supporters. Really? So, what she addressed in that freestyle? Yeah, that's really really unfortunate. I mean, yeah. Can, can we can we talk about something else? Right. Yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. man. That that fifteen minutes keep, of yodeling really it, really <laughs> killed my buzz, man. Oh. Keeping it keeping yeah. it political. Uh, we have three anthems. Okay. International players anthem. Mm-hmm. Dipset anthem. Ooh. National anthem. Easily Dipset anthem. Ooh, okay. Come on. I, I like international players anthem. Let's, and that's and you know what? I will fight for your right to have your international players yeah, anthem. I appreciate that. You know that that's like that's like how in hockey they play both the Canadian anthem and. Uh, you know, Dipset. Let's let's have you know international players anthem. You know, let's put it in Canada so it's truly international. <laughs> okay. Dipset will be America. You know, and there uh, there yeah. you go. Can is, we there, start, is there any more anthems? Um, um there's is, like hip hop anthems in general. I know, I know there is because like I feel like uh, Rough Riders, Rough Riders. Anthem. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Actually, whoa, Ooh, yeah. kind of surprising that that was never has um, has someone created a ballot anthems. Yeah, like, you Yo, know, like, has anyone done the ballot for Rough Riders Anthem to replace the national anthem? Mm-hmm. Let's start this petition. Wow. Today. <laughs> if, if you had to pick somebody to remake or create their own uh, anthem, who would you pick? And who's, like, producing this? I mean, for... for and it's and it's uh, it's nationally sponsored by the United States government. Gosh, that's really tough. I mean, I don't even know where, to, where mm-hmm. we'd begin. I mean, let's speak into existence. I think... Because Quavo actually said that he wants to, start. He, want, he wants to remix the anthem because someone started a petition for Mama. it, and he and he caught wind of, of it, in there. and he caught wind of yeah. it, and like said, put, said on Twitter like I want to remix the anthem, and I I even wrote an article about it for Pursuit of Dopeness. Uh, I would support Quavo because like <laughs> Quavo is a national treasure. Who doesn't love him? <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be really good. 
for for my personal taste, you know, if they just let Stones throw curate something, I'd I'd be pretty open into that. Like a Mad Lib mm. national anthem could be really so interesting. Gives? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would pretty much be perfect. I, I'd be into that national anthem, mm. you know. Um, yeah, that could be cool. If a player dared, it would be blank checks, not blank stares, oh baby But he better say prayers, I'm sitting with the dank shit So rare, no maybes Nah, I'm never playing scared, cause that means game set, man, stay wavy So I put it in the air, no, I gotta play a fair pose Pip and hit it, pivot with a hot take I told myself that this might, yeah I saw Cubans out of lockers, baggies out my boxer, magnify my monster, I'm just like you. Turkey on my holler, counting up my coppers, identify my roster and dream my moves. Rock around the city and I do what I do. Catching evening with Tom, slowing down with the crew. Got my days on the streets, nights on the roof, flowing smoke to the heaven sack, getting me loose. Gents, get out the booth and you don't know what to do. I'll be there to take over, go to one from the two. Do it for fun, but I'm f done talking to dudes and saying best stick with me like nails of the glue. Paper to tape, there ain't enough paper to chase. It's a chase locked in a safe. I say let's help it escape. Like primate shot up into space. Arriva Derchi, my little heavy friend. Let's uh, let's keep it you know light hearted, lighthearted for the most part. You did a little small commercial for Furious Spoon. Yeah, the little um, the like the video spot yeah. we did. That was pretty fun. Um, I got ramen for the shoot, and I got ramen after the shoot because they had to shoot me with the ramen. So I I, I really doubled up on that one. Um, it was cool. Yeah, they're they're um. I like them. I like their ramen. Um, I like it was actually through them that I really started to to get into uh, drinking sake and uh, you know starting to try out. It was it was just because I was out postering and it was so cold out and they had hot sake. I was like, I gotta do this. This is just just I can't pass this up. I can't feel my hands. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) What what are your go tos when you go there? For those that like might have not, never yeah. been there before, I usually get the like, the the pork belly ramen. Uh, you know, nice. get it with the egg, and then uh, yeah, some some sake or uh, they've got they you know they got some decent Asian beers too. Yeah, this is the third uh, separate show where we've like talked about Fury Spoon. So like we got we got to work out like, some type of sponsorship. So if if you wanted to to talk to someone about ramen, have you guys ever interviewed Empire or I'm oh, sorry, Anoba? He goes by Anoba now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll put you in touch. He's like ramen royalty. Oh, word! Yeah, he's he's all about it. If you yeah, if you if you ever want to just have a show dedicated to mm. to wraps and ramen, he's <laughs> he's your man. Spoon. Yeah, that's a possibility. And then the next one is regarding best Mexican food show. Man, the the greatest uh, online video food show ever made. Indeed, so ever. What what's the the best spot you guys had Mexican food at throughout that little journey you guys did? Man, from what I can recall, I feel like the pilot episode that we shot that didn't air, um, we went to this spot over on Armitage that isn't open anymore. Um, it was like a Guanajuato location, yeah. I think. Um, I, may, I may be, I may be completely wrong, but they had the best tortas. You could, it was BYOB. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. So that was great. But then to like out on the road, um, personally, there was a really good food truck in Columbus, Ohio, randomly, and then Philadelphia actually was really good. Um, New York was absolute trash. <laughs> of Pits- course, Pittsburgh. We didn't even eat Mexican food in Pittsburgh because we asked people where it was, and they told us not to even try. So we ended up in I forget what some town like an hour outside of Pittsburgh or like two hours outside of Pittsburgh. And that, that was our, our Pittsburgh episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome to do a round two someday, but what's the best spot in Chicago? Man, I'm going to, I'm going to start a war. Um, or what, what, what are I, some, I would right. say, I would say like my, one of my favorites just cause the mole was so on point okay. was, uh, was Nuevo Leon, Nuevo Leon? RIP. Um, I was actually, it's literally the day that it burned down or the day that they had their oh, huge fire. Mm-hmm. I was I was in the area because I was doing a, a musical guest spot at a comedy show at a record store. And I was like, I don't have time to go to Waveland. Like I literally walked in there and it was so packed. Mm. So I was like, all right, I'll eat later. And then I was at Coyote's later and all of a sudden the fire trucks just started pulling up and I popped my head out. I was like, oh no, yeah, that's, horrible. that's no good. Um. So yeah, R.I.P. Nueva Leon, mm-hmm. Carmela's on Lawrence is really good. Their pastor is is so crazy. When I when I used to bar back, or uh, or work at the the Riviera Theater, um, serving drinks, um, you know, generally I'd I'd pop across the street and I'd get two sandwiches that were supposed to last me, you know, for the night, and uh, they would be eaten back to back because they were just so good. <laughs> um, what's your what's your go to dish? Mexican dish. Uh, I mean, it just all depends on all depends on how I'm feeling. I li- I really like a good torta. I think the the melanesa yeah, tortas that's that's a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're like, um, you know, I know the semitas. I'm really into you know a good a good oh, semitas like semitas puebla. Um, you know they're they're pretty solid. I like their stuff. Um, you know tacos can be life changing. Quesadillas can be life changing. I I like it all honestly. Like enchiladas have been kind of more my thing because. A lot of places, if they're gonna have it, will serve it with uh, with mole, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a big fan of the mole. I know uh, El Hardin over on Clark Street has excellent mole. At the mm. uh, yeah. they got the the mole enchiladas. Mm. They're very fire. Mexican food is pretty perfect. I'm a big tamale guy. Oh so yeah, it's no, like tamale season, perfect. Literally, the only thing I like about the condos going up across the street from my house, they look they look ugly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It, I, I'm not into it, and I'm not into who's going to be moving into those condos. But I will say this: the tamale stand that is now there on the corner for the construction crews and whoever else wants to eat there, they are so good, and they are one dollar a tamale, oh. and they're like they're like this, the, yeah, like from like, oh up, so yeah, it's, 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 it's some very big tamales. Yeah, um, I'm I'm a big fan, but yeah, I I I kind of shudder to think about what happens when they. Not only when those condos are built, is he going to disappear? But then, you know, it's, it's just going to be, uh, it's not going to be good. For sure. So, yeah, anyways, best tamales, my homie on the corner, or uh, or Claudio, the uh, the tamale man, obviously. Shout out the tamale man. You know the tamale Shout man. Shout out Claudio. You know the tamale man. I don't. Do you, do you not, do you, uh, you, you know, the, seeing the guy that goes around to the bars late night? And oh, yes. The legend. Yes. Yeah, he's the man. Okay, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about now. Yes, that's why we segue back to music. We just had to ask about those because you never get asked about any of those questions. So nah, we gotta man, make sure nah, we did. You, you just went super. Yeah. You just nardwired me, bro. <laughs> Basically. 
Second City Citizens? Yeah, man. Uh, what about them? Which, your, which, your experiences in, in, the, oh, okay. in the trio? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, man, that was a really a really special period. Um, you know, it was it was awesome to, you know, at least when I was getting started in Chicago after school, you know, have that as like a, a really great creative segue and to be able to work with, you know, some really good friends of mine um, and just to kind of be part of a unit like that. Um, you know, it was a really, really special experience. I, you know, uh, Bradley, um, Swords of the Ronin, he, uh, he and I had known each other since we were, we were 18. And then, you know, four years later, I mean, I'd, we'd met, tried met Troy earlier, but four years later is when we decided to conscript him into the unit, so to speak, because he was making some cool records. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was really great to, you know, play some of the shows that we played, um, and you know, obviously yeah. to to kind of do all the stuff that we did through Tonic Room. Very high energy um, as well. The shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. No people. You know, there was uh, definitely a period in time where you know people were coming out and checking for us, and um, you know, I think, you know, my my only regret is, you know, I I feel I feel like there's I feel like there's unfinished business there, um, you know, but that's also. You know that's not a bad thing, and it's mm-hmm. not even it's not even saying anything negative about, you know, you know either Troy or or, or Swords. You know, it's just like, you know, at some point I I would love if there was going to be some form of continuation. I know right now I'm I'm pretty focused on solo. You know, my solo stuff and yeah. kind of whatever I need to create. But you know, I I really you know whenever we you know I I make a point to you know keep keep us at least getting booked a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, because at least you know see at the very you know at least have us you know do the old songs that you know i know we have fun doing but you know i i know uh swords he's he's been working um production and you know making beats and stuff like that and you know he's actually getting pretty good so uh with our with our friend morell um and you know it's it's i'm interested to see what his creative journey is i know troy um i'm not sure what troy's been working on lately but i know he's got a couple of records you know saved up in the archive so you know it 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 definitely it would make me real happy if we could uh you know, at some point, you know, hunker down and make some new music. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I also know we had a really, really awesome run um, for the years that we were like super, super active. And, you know, the fact that things at this point, you know, we're all on good terms and, you know, that we all, all love each other and that it's all good. I mean, I think that's that's the, the, the best case scenario you can hope for if there's going to be a break is just, you know, because I know so many, so many former relations, you know, 
that I've seen of, of other people and that they just they just don't have the same situation after the fact where it's like there's this all sorts of enmity yep. and, and anger and you know luckily our situation is completely devoid of that it's just you know people just you know focusing on their lives because at the end of the day as I was saying earlier like when you're younger it's a different mental approach mm-hmm. you know you're, you're not necessarily thinking as long term and then you know as time goes on other things get in the way and you know you know people want to work on themselves and you know kind of focus on the more human elements mm-hmm. of this I, I think you know being creative and and making art and all that it's it's you know for me it's it's necessary i have to do it but i also sometimes wonder if my my processes of doing it you know may not be the healthiest for me long term just in terms of um you know just not not being as as careful with you know like diet sleep you know where if you're in clubs all the time maybe you're drinking a lot you know it's just mm-hmm. it all adds up over a while and it, it makes you not maybe as effective of a performer or even just as a as a person to your mm-hmm. people you know whether it's business or, or personal so i think you know it's you know if 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 that starts to blur you out a bit having the having the 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 foresight to take a step back and focus on your own stuff i mean that's that's really important so you know i'm i'm excited i'm excited for for when we get back into it and you know i i imagine it'll be it'll be something great and something fun whenever it does happen but you know for now i know everyone's just happy just kind of doing their own thing for sure and i mean you mentioned a part of it is just you guys being able to develop yourself you know evolve as human beings um mature possibly you know the maturity aspect of us as human beings but you've been able to work on a lot of a lot of music. You've been able to work on the evolution of you sonically. Uh, we know, at least I knew I knew you uh, specifically as my my first uh, interaction with you were just like all the boom bap, very hip hop type stuff. Mm-hmm. But recently, recently, what's um, definitely gotten you a lot of attention is the pop stuff. Yeah. So when did you turn the corner and say, um, Yeah, I can do all the hip hop stuff. I can do uh, the. I have a un- uncanny ability of rapping and singing, but I also want to experiment more of uh, developing the singing as the singing aspect and do some pop records um i think in earnest like with the vegas project that came about because i'd i'd felt like i'd hit a wall mm-hmm. uh in chicago and and just kind of generally and i had a friend uh ryan who was getting attention for and successfully getting music placed on television and commercials things like that and mm-hmm. you know i think the the toughest thing to admit you know as if you're in any sort of creative realm is you know that you know as much as you love doing something bills don't go away just because mm-hmm. you like making yeah. music just because you have a creative endeavor that you're into you have to find a way to make that work for you and you know and, and part of that is figuring out the financial element of all this and so you know i i came to him pretty humbly and just said hey like whatever whatever i can do i'd, I'd love to sit down and, and work with you and you know at my initial intention quite frankly was to hopefully write for other people and you know some of these records you know and initially i was i was thinking we might sell um but you know right after the first batch of sessions you know a we worked together very easily and it it led to you know obviously a really awesome batch of work i mean there's so many records that didn't come out yet still from those sessions mm-hmm. so like we've got a bunch of stuff in the tank mm-hmm. kind of whenever we want to dip into that sound and have that be a thing but um you know it's i, I think it became pretty apparent that that these records were were going to be for me and should be for me and i think in in a lot of ways the the best the best part of it you know was when it came to the presentation of it it forced me to 
go through the experience of having a full band because I, I there was no other way in my mind that I could see that working live. Um, and I, especially coming from someone who's performed up to this point mostly with you know, laptops or DJs as your backing. I mean, at a certain point that just doesn't hit you in the chest the same way as, you know, actually having the real real thing playing. So, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that, that, you know, through not only going through a different style of writing and making a record, it also forced me to completely change or to, to find a new way of, of expressing myself live. Mm-hmm. You know, because now it's, again, kind of in the same vein of with you know, the writing and making the records where now I kind of feel like I can do anything. Now with the performance, it's, you know, I've got a really nice baseline in what it's like to put together a live show. And look, I'm an idiot. It, it's all about the personnel I put around me. You know, my uh, Boyong Matsapala from the Omais, um, he was really instrumental in helping me pick mm-hmm. the players and get that all together. So, you know, I, I definitely had to lean heavily on him and, and lean heavily on the musicians to kind of have them bear with me because you know there were just certain things that I just wasn't aware of in terms of like how to how to just how to deal with a group like that and, and it's also unique in the sense of it's not like we're a group of, of musicians necessarily making my music it's people that you're you're having play your stuff too so you know what your expectations are you know how is that gonna affect um, you know also just how it sounds the records sound different when it's live but I think once you kind of get over that initial hump and just look at it as it's just an interpretation don't freak out then it's you know becomes much easier to just be more relaxed about it and feel good so yeah I'd, I'd say you know with with the Vegas experience you know it, it just really allowed for for just so many other doors and kind of things mm-hmm. to open up for me as a creative person you know and, and then also you know factoring in you know that with with the last couple of shows you know figuring out our street campaigns to to mesh with that too you know really with with, e- with each rotation of of content that we're we're putting out and with each rotation of kind of larger scale projects that we're working on you know it's it's you know you you take what you learned the last time out and then every every time is different though so you're going to learn you're going to learn new stuff every time out so i think that's you know again to to what i've been saying earlier just about feeling like i can make whatever i want you know that's when, once once you have that sort of freedom in in instilled in, in mm-hmm. you, you know that's a really special place to be at. You know just across the board. For sure. And what then, if it's go ahead? Oh no, I was gonna say like, you know, transitioning from like a more old school hip hop sounds like more like poppy sound. Like, what? How is the thought like the creation process? Like, what are the key differences for that? Um, I think certain records or certain types of records. Um, if I feel like I've approached that song that way before, mm-hmm. there's no benefit towards me doing that again, or at least like just allowing myself to be, this is my first thought we should go with this. You know, some, sometimes it's as simple as, well, this sounds amazing. Great. Awesome. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is part of the canon that makes sense, you know? And then other times, like there'll be songs where I've, I've written, maybe a, a you know one or two verses already um and it's just bars 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 mm-hmm. bars and i'm i'm kind of just you know wrapping it back to myself and i'm thinking you know what i love this hook this hook is is everything i want and more but these bars aren't necessary and then i end up kind of pivoting mm-hmm. and or saying i don't know how i feel about them let me see if i can write a different section that would um you know be more melodic or just kind of more whatever whatever isn't what I initially was thinking and you know sometimes you're able to keep some of of what you had initially but I mean end of the day the the real benefit of that is it 
it allows for me to have a nice reservoir of drafts mm-hmm. kind of just on deck. Cause you know, usually when I write something, I'm, I'm pretty careful with my writing. I generally like what I write. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just means if it doesn't work for one thing, I can hold on to it for later. Cause you never, you just never know when something might fit so perfectly there, you know, there, there are all sorts of records that um, like everything off of Vegas, I was sitting on that record for two, I mean, like two years before, three years before we cut it. Um, because I'd, I'd initially recorded something for someone and they ultimately turned it down and said, we don't want to use this. So um, I just sat on it. And then, you know, the last day of sessions for Vegas, I just, you know, I, I, sh- I sang it acapella to him and, you know, just so he could get a sense of, of where, where I was thinking vocally. He was like, well, well, this is amazing. We have to cut this right now, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it just all really, really depends. For sure. What have been some of your favorite opportunities that came from you dropping the Project Vegas, the EP? Um, I mean... Or things I, that presented themselves? I, I mean, I think being able to play North Coast, I think that definitely happens, you know, because, you know, we, we sold out Lincoln Hall, um, got a lot of really amazing, you know, press to, to come out of that. And, um, you know, it, it definitely, I, I think, you know, the, like the North Coast opportunity was massive. Um, you know, getting asked to do like the main stage at Logan Scar Arts Fest was really amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, also getting seen on larger media platforms, you know, that, you know, th- these, these are all, all good things. And I mean, in the Vegas project specifically allowed, allowed for, um, you know, allowed, allowed, especially for, like for some of the, the local Fox coverage, you know, just because Mauricio, you know, he heard the Vegas stuff. It was like, it was just such a big fan of that you know you just never know when it's going to resonate with mm-hmm. someone so you know many many thanks to him for uh for supporting but yeah you know i it, i think just generally speaking um you know it, it, it's 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 not even necessarily even just one thing even though i just named some very specific things mm-hmm. um i think it's just allowed for kind of just a general sense of um me having more confidence in in the things that i'm working on and doing just from you know, the response that that got and then, you know, kind of seeing people's sustained response mm-hmm. for f- other things we've done. Like we had the record, No Clue, that came out with Michael, you know, and that that ended up with us, you know, on NPR, which was mm-hmm. so crazy, um, you know. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say I think those, those are some of the, the more defining things that have come out of it. But I think it's also just a, a, a general confidence in myself and what I'm doing that I, I don't know if I've always had. For sure. Cole, I mentioned to you, it's one big long road to the middle. Yes. Talk about that. Well, yeah. Um, I forget. <laughs> I think I think we were talking about high school reunions, and he was just mentioning, like, what the different mm-hmm. year, like, how each, each like, there's the five-year, there's the 10-year, the 15 He's just talking about how, you know, there's, in some, in these instances, it's almost like a jockeying for respect and yeah. perception of prestige and all that, that stuff, and, um... And just how ultimately, you know, while one, you know, one set of years that you go, you know, certain people are killing it. And then the next year, certain people are killing it. And, and just ultimately that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, while you may have some up years and some down years, you know, more than likely it's, it's going to be a, a certain baseline that is, is hopefully neither good nor bad. You know, you hope positively mm-hmm. neutral, but that, you know, I think more so is it was about just thinking about how you treat people on your way towards whatever you're trying to get to or trying to accomplish is just, you know, you know, not being, at least how I interpreted it was, you know, don't not being arrogant, not being, 
you know a jerk to people mm-hmm. just because of of any sort of perceived success or whatever or that you're like greater than anybody because you know in a few years it could all go to hell and you know then where are you and you've and then now you've mistreated all these people and you've you've engendered all sorts of like really ill will mm-hmm. towards you that wasn't necessary you know that's silly so um yeah that's 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 how that's that's what i took from that quote and it's been really useful in the last few years as we've been kind of building up our our prominence out here i miss the girl that i love i miss the world that i love too all of them diamonds in the rock and all those people that i know it just seems like we're giving up why I can't ride this side Some wild things been happening We can't get on the same page Girl, you are my everything You are my everything But now you don't feel the same No, you don't feel the same Girl, you are my everything You are my everything True, I am troubled I can't place the saw I done it for the love I killed for the sport Could you remind me My head ain't been right Lively 100 I've kept it, I kept it. But, how come? but how come Chicago land, Chicago land, Chicago land Chicago land It's got me down It's got me down Chicago land, Chicago land, Chicago land Chicago land It's got me blue You uh, you talk about the uh, Chicago hip hop industry, the creation of industry, very frequently in your in some of your interviews. Um, what do you feel need is needed, at least from our perspective, um, or from our end at least specifically, to just create that industry? Because we have a lot of cats that might um, make their mark here in Chicago and are champion elsewhere once they move. Why do you feel that happens, and why do you feel uh, what or what do you think is needed for us to create that industry so that we don't have cats leave elsewhere? I mean, I think investment in media, um, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. This is definitely like, in a lot of ways, like kind of ground zero for kind of indie artists coming up. If we have strong, you know, university or like indie radio, I mean, like, vo- like you know, radio shows like yours, uh, Vocalo, WLUW, Northwestern, Ergo. you know, um, Ergo, you know, Shots out in them. Hyde Park, exactly, or CTA Radio. You know, these these things are all part of a framework of people, or, or Chirp, you know, mm. these, these are all people that are a part of a framework of, of different pathways towards people getting exposure. So, you know, I think the more that these, that we can find ways to yeah. have them invested, I think the better, um, you know, just because it's it's about attention, it's about prominence. And then more importantly, how can these institutions, not only in the same process of putting on for local artists, you know, if they all of a sudden start also covering 
um, you know, national artist too, you know, be the same as, you know, so you go, you going to New York or Los Angeles to meet with a publication there to build up that sort of, um, that sort of situation where, you know, people are coming here because they want institutions from here to pay attention to them. You know, that's, I think that would be, that would be of the utmost importance. I really think too, um, figuring out how to, I mean, look from, from my, for me, I'm most likely not ever going to move from here. So my only option is traveling consistently and being in front of people. And I think normalizing that for people and just getting them used to the idea that like, look, you can work here, but if you, you know, to not be afraid of or to, to be intimidated by having to leave to potentially accomplish what you want to accomplish. I, I left to go to Vegas to, to do what I hoped, write a bunch of records. And, you know, then we went to LA and a bunch of other things happened and, you know, fast forward two years, those records have done a lot for me. And that was, that was a, uh, it was a risk. It was a gamble. You know, I could have spent all that money and nothing would have come of it. And, you know, who knows where I'd be today. So I think, um, you know, getting artists to understand that, you know, it's, it's important that we, we leave here and that we, you know, kind of expose people to folks from here, mm-hmm. artistically, creatively, all that, um, you know, and cause I, I, I really think, you know, in, in that sense, that also comes down to, who's out here managing or consulting artists. I think we need more, we need more good people doing that. I think, you know, the, the ones that are really doing it well are really doing it well, much respect, salute to them. Um, but I also know that there, there are some people that, that, um, that, you know, don't really, don't really know what they're doing and, um, you know, don't necessarily have a healthy attitude about how to get better at what they're doing. So, you know, but that's, that's in every mm-hmm. city. That's not unique yeah, to true, here. True. That's a, I think that's more of a, an industry wide critique yeah. than, than of anybody specific to here. But, um, yeah, so I, I think if we can invest in, in our institutions, uh, you know, make sure that we're pipelining our artists and then vice versa, bringing artists in from other places, you know, the same way that you're bringing in people like me and Mello, like, you know, make sure that if there's an artist from New York who's here, they have to come to this show. You know what I mean? Or like, well, what are the local shows we can play? I I feel like it's obviously, you know, easier said than done and it takes some research, but you know, I I think, I think making people aware that there are other ways is like how people go to New York or go and go to NYU's radio station, you know, know, like the Omis did that like a year or two ago. Um, you know, and that's a really good look, you know, there's obviously a lot of history with, with their, um, you know, with their radio programming and all that. So, um, maybe that was Columbia University. What, what was what was the, the stretch on Bobito? What, what Columbia was Columbia. Okay, so Columbia. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, you know, obviously they've got their their prominence in their radio. So yeah, I, I think with, with those things in mind, I, I think you know it, it does nothing but but benefit you know us. I, I think also um, you know just from like a, a show going perspective and all that, and I, I've already seen a lot of really healthy things occurring with the crossover between hip hop artists and kind of the R&B scene and, and in the jazz scene and some of the indie rock scene where you're, you know, where a lot of people are also playing with each other in different backings, uh, backing groups or whatever, and we're sharing players and all that. And I think that does nothing but create the, the most beautiful situation because you literally have so many different things all represented, but everyone feels like they're one. And I think you know, when I see things like that, you know, that just gets me really excited and, and gets me thinking that things are, are moving in the right direction. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Omis, you mentioned Unity, you mentioned being one. You all came together for a benefit show. Yes. How did that go? It was really awesome. Um, we raised over $5,000 
uh, for Puerto Rico. Um, it was a really great night. Um, I hadn't seen Raven Lene perform in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, so she absolutely tore it down. Um, the Omis as, as usual are the Omis and killed it. Um, some shout out Maceo. Maceo, the man, um, some jerk Rich Jones performed. He was trash. Um, <laughs> Boathouse, Odd Couple, DJ Damnage, you know. Did he actually do an uh, 18-minute reggaeton, reggaeton set? I can't remember if it was 18, but he was definitely playing some reggaeton. Okay. He was killing it. Um, yeah, it was it was a really great time. I, I, I you know, for, for me especially, you know, um, it would, you know, it's it's been cool to to be included with, and also air credits. Couldn't forget air mm -hmm. credits. Um, Show you suck. And, uh, and Hood and Hood Internet. Yeah, yep. Hood Internet. Yeah, um, like for something like that, you know, I, I think that's that's pretty special just because, you know, the Omis and, and me have been friends for a long time and, and air credits, you know, I've known I've known uh, Steve not as long, but I've, I've known Clinton for many years. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, same goes for Boathouse, Odd Couple, um, you know, and, and just, you know, to be included with, with my peers, but also my friends that I really respect. That was really cool. And then especially on top of that, to have that be for such a fantastic cause. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think... Um, you know, I, I, I said this, uh, last week when I was, or was, was that, oh, that was this week. Fox was this week. This week has just flown by. Yeah. You um, had the performance. I did. Yeah. I did like a, a Facebook live thing with one of the reporters and, you know, I just told her for me, I don't have a ton of money. I see people suffering and like financially there's not like much I can do about it, but if there's a way I can use my skill and my talent to get people to show up so that money can be raised and like fundraising that way so we can help people, you know, that's a no brainer, especially, you know, when you look at the amount of suffering mm -hmm. um, and just everything that's that's going on right now or the lack of what's going on, mm -hmm. um, the, the abject failure. It's, you know, it's, it's really frustrating and I, you know, again, you know, I, I, if I could, I'd go down there myself and I'd, I'd, I'd pitch in in any way, but, you know, for now, this is the best I can do. And, you know, if, if this is what we can do as artists, you know, we need mm -hmm. to keep looking for more opportunities where, where we can use our platforms to help people. For sure. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Sure. Last yeah. two questions. One of these is very political. One of them is not. We always have a politically charged question that we ask all our guests. Okay. And Alejandro yeah. is going to give you the it's, question. It, you know, it's a very hot topic in uh, the state that we live in, in Chicago. But uh, Harold or uh, Uncle Remus, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna really, really show my show my butt on this one. Um, I've never had Uncle Remus, I've had Harold's, so by default Harold's. Okay, yeah. respect, we respect yeah, that. Cool. Yeah, so we've had a few guys uh, come through in the same situation where they either haven't had Harold's, or they either haven't had Remus. Well, if you haven't had Harold's, I, I feel like that's that's a bit more of a problem than, mm -hmm. than vice versa. Yeah. I mean, people may be mad at me. I'm I'm sorry, but. Um, yeah, Harold's. I, I just—I don't even know where they are. Where are Uncle Remus's? They're on the west side. A lot of them are on the oh, west side. See, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then the last question is pretty much more about uh, you. Why should people invest in Rich Jones the artist and also Rich Jones the individual? Um, I mean, you know, people—people people have only have so many hours in the day to support. Um, you know, the the entertainment options they want to support, the performers, the the media, all that. Um. You know, I, I think for, for those that have supported me over the last, you know, however, you know, seven years that I've been really going for it, um, I think, you know, I, I, I all, all I would say is, you know, for, for me, I'm making music that, you know, makes me happy. And I know that, you know, when I'm doing my writing and I've, I've already experienced this with a couple of the records that have come out, you know, I, I, again, I write it for me, but I also know in the back of my head that, 
there's a really good chance that you know this stuff I, I hope it will resonate with people too on a personal level you know like I had multiple people after we came out with everything a year ago that um yeah they I, I had a guy he he was walk I was playing a street festival and he came up to me and said I I don't know who you are I just left my house because I had to get out of the house my uh I just found out my girlfriend of of three years was cheating on me and we just broke up and I've just been feeling feeling like trash and something about you know something just led me to this spot and I heard you singing this song and it articulated exactly how I'm feeling and I just wanted to say thank you I I didn't you know I did the, your music has helped me today and you know it's you know obviously you know I want to I want to make a career in this and, and have this be profitable but on my days where uh, you know you kind of need something to keep you warm, man, I, I think about moments like that. Just because if this music is is truly helping people, then you know that, I think that's the greatest mitzvah is is just to kind of you know have people you know feeling better about themselves or feeling like you know they have um, community in terms of what their what their issues are and what they're suffering through. You know, I I generally speaking try to make you know introspective, hopeful music. Um, fun music, you know. I I don't I don't mind having fun. Fun's fun, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know. I I think those those are some some decent reasons. I think to to get behind me. I think, um, you know, f uh, on, on a greater thing. Part part of where where my head's at though is, um, you know, my success is one thing. I I have a lot of things going for me, and so I think it's looking pretty all right. But um, you know, generally speaking, my main concern and my main goal is I want this city to be healthy. Um, you know, me me doing well is one thing, but I, I like to see the other artists that I support doing well. I like I like to see the people of this city doing well. Um, you know, I know that you know it, it was it was really weird to travel out in New York and like everybody wanted to just ask about the violence and ask about this or that and you know all the negative things that they've heard in the news and you know I I, I took that as a as a challenge just because it's like you know what I you know I you know we're, we we can't shy away from what is happening, but at the end of the day, it's it's I think up to us, especially for myself in that position, to be a good representative and good ambassador from here, and just let them know, well, yeah, these things are happening, but then we also have all this other positive stuff that is happening that they don't want to talk about, yeah. and let, let let's get you informed on that. So, you know, my my role is to be an ambassador not only for you know the artists of this city and to be their biggest champion and their you know their their biggest supporter, but also for the city at large because you know I uh, by by uh by by the grace of whoever's calling the shots in this universe, this is where I was born, and I I love it. That's what's up? Where can people reach you? You can find all my stuff at richjonesmusic.net. Any uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, any good stuff. Twitter, Jones, so ruthless, all one word. Instagram, Island of Jones. Facebook.com/slash/richjonesmusic. Uh, SoundCloud.com/slash/richjonesmusic. But again, all of these and more can be found at richjonesmusic.net, the website. Any upcoming shows, merch? Um, so we have a show that we're announcing soon. Um, it's going to be in December. Um, we haven't officially announced the lineup yet, but December 7th at Empty Bottle is going to be my next um, Rich Jones performance in Chicago. So save the calendar date. Uh, we're going to have a real party. For sure. Thank you for coming in. Great to be here. Yeah.
for sure. Mm-hmm. Are, are we are we bars and out or what? You, are you are you? Do you want to speak? I, want to play I music? Could, I could. Why not? Let's have. What a are little, we doing? I don't know, man. Whatever what instrument do you want? What? Not, doesn't work like that. <laughs> you, just, you just throw something on and then give me a topic or something. We'll have some fun. All right. You can't, uh, you can't throw. Maybe we'll do this and have me sit here and, and talk. Yeah, you, you all, mentioned it's a possibility. It's yeah. a possibility. Right. I mean. The cheddar cubes I ate before I came here are resting nicely on my stomach. <laughs> this chair is very comfortable. <laughs> I'm going to give you the ex- exact same instrument I gave Mello. I got to follow up Mello. This is awful. He's so good. All right, give me a topic, Mr. Figueroa. I stole Furious Spoon. Furious Spoon. I'm counting up my change, I'm counting up the blooms. I got that sauce, make a swoon. Say that she wanna eat a meal. I said, let's go down the street to the spoon. Furious, but my mood's so happy. Ain't tryna be sappy or get slap happy. But hey, spicy, got me slapping pappies. Whatever. I walk in and they dap me, say that I'm feeling crappy, but I ain't gonna go and do that craft cheese. I need a little pork belly. Put it in my belly See if I'ma go and feel like a swell felly No cootie I let him know no cooties I come in with a champion sweater It's no coogee Anyways Put the sake on cold Got a headache I pump the brakes when I look at the bill Luckily I know the man behind the counter And says the next time I can pay it will Which means I got me a tab Which means I don't need the bag Which means when I do get the bag I better go ahead and tip his ass <laughs> It's all good tit for tat When you're a member of community Don't forget to commune seriously Legitimately, sincerely Let them know right now that this broth is dearly Feeding me, feeling full as hell I let them know right now that my stomach did swell Gonna make my uh, belt pop off Let them know I'm drinking vodka It was Andropov or Popov I don't know, I pop off <laughs> Shout out the Furious Spoon They got like 20 more locations Putting one on the moon <laughs> I'll be counting the balloons. I'll be counting the balloons to get to the one on the moon. SpaceX is gonna have charter shuttles for that. Elon Musk, he loves Furious Spoon. <laughs> he loves Furious Spoon. He even put it to Mars. I hear it can move the tar from your lungs. I hear it can even make your car run better. Forget high premium gas. Furious Spoon got the gas. Spiciness make my skin look like it's breaking out in a rash. They gotta love that salty stuff, so I gave it a dash. I counted my cash. I was counting the balloons. I was counting the balloons to go to the Furious Spoon location on the moon. The moon wasn't made of cheese. The moon's made of ramen. Seriously, that's a fact. Little known Wikipedia, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> Yo, but seriously, 2027 Furious Spoon. Opening up a location on the moon. Dipset's going to be the national anthem of America. Rough Riders anthem's going to be the national anthem of, uh, of, you know, like Central America. Um, and then, you know, um, O Canada. What, what did we say was going to be? That was the international players anthem is going to be the, the anthem for uh, for Canada. It's going to be really special. It'll be like ma- maple syrup instead of lean. Um, you know, it's just you know, be pouring up big styrofoam cups of syrup of maple syrup. It's like it may not help your diabetes, but it could possibly, you know, keep you from like dying of sleep apnea and all that bad stuff. For sure. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for the half freestyle. This is the fifth of the hip hop show. We thank you for tuning in. We out. <laughs>